Jacob Earl, and this is Constantly Moving Forward. This week, uh, we've been moving house. We're moving from one side of the neighborhood to the other, to a uh, larger, much more echoey house, as I believe I mentioned last week. And yesterday, when I was supposed to record this podcast, I was moving uh, boxes of records. And so not only are my arms so sore, uh, I also have some hot tips on if you're trying to move uh, boxes of records one day. Just don't. Just get somebody else to do it. Or if you have to do it yourself, pick the smallest boxes you possibly can. Um, because you don't want to carry a medium-sized box full of records. You want to carry a very small box of records in multiple trips. Anyway, uh, yesterday when I was exhausted from moving all of our stuff from one side of the neighborhood to another, and we're basically just started, uh, I... A whole body hurt so bad and I got a terrible headache and I realized that I think I'm dehydrated or I have a cold or something so today's episode might be a little bit strange um, I wrote down some topics to talk about because topics always help uh, but as with many of these projects the minute I get introspective that's the minute I start getting down on myself and feeling terrible. So, um, you know, we're just going to talk about what's been going on. What has been going on lately? Uh, been trying to write a short film. Been trying to get all the pieces together for that. Um, I've been putting all my music up on Spotify, which is pretty cool. When I was 12, I would make these uh, little songs out of loops in GarageBand, as I imagine most, lots of 12-year-olds do, um, and I would pretend that I had some music label and people listen to it and whatever, and so, uh, I think that now at 22, that little 12-year-old would be pretty psyched that I got an album up on iTunes. What else has been going on? I've been thinking about how Every single person, once they get to know me, kind of looks me in the eye and, and, and says, you're kind of like an alien, aren't you? Which I don't really understand. Um, I've been trying to pinpoint that. I've been trying to pinpoint where that comes from. Uh, I've been trying to, to figure out why so many people look me in the eye and say, you're kind of like an alien, aren't you? Or... Um, you know, sometimes people think that I'm um, from England or whatever because I wear a tie. People think that uh, people who wear ties are from England. And I, I just think that there's something foreign about me. Um, there's some aspect of my personality that comes across to people as being from somewhere else, you know? I guess that's true. I am from somewhere else. I never go to school. Uh, I lived in Alaska most of my life. Uh, and when I didn't live in Alaska, I moved every six months, including um, living here in Arizona. 
so it's kind of hard to form long-term friendships that way. And I, I think when you when you move around a lot and you're from somewhere that people have never met another person from, that kind of, I don't know, gives them a certain idea of who you are. Uh, I don't know, when you move around a lot and you mostly talk to your family or, or yourself, I think that there's a certain inherent strangeness to that. That's not a normal thing. Um, being homeschooled is not a normal thing. Um, because uh, homeschool kids and, and school kids are very different. I really noticed this when I went to college, when I was a freshman in college. Like, people who go to school, it seems like they had a like a, a lesson on, on cultural things that I looked at and said, that's dumb, I don't want to learn that. And so they, like... But they all know, like, Spongebob references and which Beyonce songs are good. And... I just just don't not that I don't like Beyonce but like it was never like a big thing you know because I didn't have a bunch of people telling me to go watch Spongebob or read Homestuck or, or whatever I actually have a list of these in the back of my notebook it's cultural trials uh, or like Justin Timberlake you know all these big like pop culture things that people have sort of a basis with each other when they meet someone new for the first time they can be like oh did you hear that new Justin Timberlake album or what did you think of the starfish man when he stole the sandwich from the sandwich shop you know and then instantly these two people who I'm watching have a sort of a connection you know they'd be like oh man that that wasn't cool <laughs> he really shouldn't have done that you know but I don't know what they're talking about. It's just an example. I, I'm sort of familiar with the plot of these things because I've made a sort of a study. A study of popular culture and of uh, school kid culture and the sort of things that everyone else was doing. I still can't get a handle on uh, grades. People always say what age they are when things happen by what grade they were in, and I, I just can't get a handle on that. They'll be like, oh, I was in 12th grade, and I'm like, you were 12? And they just, they, they laugh because they think I'm joking, and I'm just like, I'm lost, man. And I think that that, that sort of alienation is probably what they're picking up on, that sort of unfamiliarity with the fabric of popular culture, you know? Like, just so lost in the things that everybody already knows that I, I just don't even know where to start. And so I just start anywhere. I start right next to me. And I think I stood really close to people in college. I think I stood too close to people and looked at them too intently. And I think that that is part of what makes people think that I'm an alien <laughs> or from somewhere else or whatever. I mean, I'm certainly from somewhere else. Like, I'm not even from the same place as, as people from Alaska. Like, people in Alaska, they all like to snowboard and whatever. Like, all my friends like paintball when I was a kid. 
and all my friends who grew up, I, I keep up with them, you know, and they all like to snowboard or snow machine or go paintballing. And I'm just like, I'm a writer. Um, I don't want to do that. And I should have, man, I should have gone and done that. Cause at least I have some sort of idea, you know, I wouldn't have, uh, had to listen to all of the adventure zone over the course of a week one day I could have I could have been on that train earlier you know <sighs> I don't know I think it's largely my own fault I think that I isolate myself I'm not super sure why because I don't really like being isolated but I'm certainly afraid of the new I guess I'm afraid of I was thinking about this yesterday I was thinking about why I have such a hard time asking for help and I think that it comes down to I, I I'm afraid of my own ideas being taken out of my control um, because I'm not really good at very much I, I, I can make media pretty easily but I'm not very good at anything else so all I really have are my ideas and asking for help feels like giving up this inherent control of the only thing that I have control over anyway you know I was thinking about since we've been moving basically every six months since 2008 2008 was when I started SaveTheCroissants.com. Uh, SaveTheCroissants.com has been my most consistent home for the past 10 years. And it's just my ideas, you know? It's just things that I've thought up on my own, and it's mine, you know? It's like a, I don't know, an island of not reciprocity, but like a word for things staying the same, stasis. It's like an island of stasis, you know, in a, in a constantly shifting, terrifying world of carrying boxes of records across town. Because when I went to college, I started at a weird time, so I had to move uh, every six weeks for the first, like, year of it. And then I moved in with my girlfriend at the time, and that was pretty cool, but, like, every couple of months we'd go here to Arizona or we'd go to San Francisco or whatever and it just always felt like we were on the move in this I don't know this, this just kind of overwhelming way and in 2008 my mom decided she was bored of snow and so she bought a uh, an RV sight unseen in uh, Florida or Texas or something and so we flew down and we lived in that every winter for four or five years and then after that we lived in this house in the winter for a couple more years and so we're always you know the first frost starts to come and it's like oh time to head off to the desert you know and that's fine if you're 40 or 60 or however old my parents are but for a, for a kid, it's kind of rough. I really like the internet, though. The internet's like my favorite thing. 
because you're never really alone on the internet. You you can talk to people about stuff you like or or just retweet things. You don't even have to really engage. It's not even such a harsh kind of engagement that you have to do. Like like talking to someone is is really a lot sometimes, but like retweeting stuff is is pretty easy or reblogging things. I used to be big on Tumblr. And people are always saying things about social media. They're like, uh, by people I mean like um, pundits and whatever. Say things like, uh, oh, social media is inhibiting real connections. Or um, social media is the opiate of the masses. You know, sort of a joke on what they used to say about, God, I can't even remember. Religion. Religion is what it was. And that's sort of true. I mean, social media does create weaker connections. But if strong emotional connections are difficult, then a bunch of little weak connections can see you through, you know? And it's real nice when I make something and somebody retweets it. (laughs) I feel like a a genius or a magician. (coughs) We'll get back to the show in a moment, but first, a word from our sponsors. This week's show is brought to you by a half-full cup of lukewarm coffee. full cup of lukewarm coffee, keeping constantly moving forward, constantly moving forward since we started. And by viewers like you. That's right. Viewers like you are supporting shows like this by going to payjacoberl.com and contributing a single American dollar a month. When you become a contributing member of savethecroissants.com, you can get podcasts earlier. You can get songs earlier and for download before I put them on Spotify or iTunes. You can see my videos a couple of days before they come out. And you can have the great satisfaction of knowing that you're keeping the best website on the internet up and running. PayJacobEarl.com All right, now back to the show. this alien thing i was i was looking through uh all my photos from italy i made a giant master post on my website under photography uh it's called like my year in italy or or something like that and it's just like hundreds of these photos because i previously published them on my uh, blog spot page the the red and beige one and uh, i put them all together spent a long time because like my body hurt so I couldn't move but like uh, I could still type I guess and I did that last night and I've been looking through them and every single one of these pictures has this like strange material quality to them where I was looking at I was like oh god I am an alien aren't I like these are the sort of photos an alien would take every object is considered the same whether it's a person or a building or a coffee cup or 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 whatever it it just all has this same 
documentary quality to it as if I've never seen bricks before because honestly bricks are still kind of new to me um we don't have bricks in Balmer there's no buildings made of bricks they're all made out of wood and sheetrock and whatever um even in Anchorage there aren't really that many buildings made out of brick and I always thought they were super weird and so there's all these photographs all these close-up photographs of brick as if I've never seen bricks before and all these like very scientific like photographs of crowds or people I know and you look at that and you're like is this guy has he never seen a crowd before does he not have people he knows to photograph and it's kind of like well kind of yeah it's not super I'm not used to crowds because I didn't have them and so there are these all these like documentary <laughs> strangely crooked photographs of crowd scenes where like I, I don't know I don't know there's just something about it where you where you scroll through these photos and it's just like yep this is this is how an alien would approach um living in Italy like someone who's never seen a building over 50 years old uh that's how they would approach it I guess I was just looking through and I was like god I really am an alien aren't I I don't know now what can I do about it I don't think that being an alien is is such a bad thing I don't think that having this almost insufferable practiced outsiderness about me is bad <sighs> But I really got to study up and see, uh, remember what the different grades are. I think the rule is plus five. Um, but it changes. People don't realize that. Like, that's, like, people who go to school measure their age in uh, roughly two. Whereas I measure my age in roughly five. What I mean is when you have a grade, you could be either one of two ages, uh, depending on if you were born in the beginning of the year or the end but in my mind almost everything happened to me when I was five or when I was eight or when I was 13 so it's like four nine ten eleven twelve thirteen yeah it's like four or five uh increments uh and sometimes I can remember things happening to me like the exact age that I was you know like if something happened to me when I was 16 I can like remember it you know but people who go to school they don't have that sort of precision in the way that they remember how old they are um and so when they remember something that happened to them when they were 16 it could have either happened to them when they were 15 or when they were 16 or when they were 16 or when they were 17 depending on how that actually works but it's a margin of two and uh, in either direction Whereas for me, I just remember those things. I just remember this happened to me when I was 14 or, or, or this happened to me when I was 17 or, or whatever. But largely within like five years because looking through my notes for this uh, sort of memoir thing I'm writing, almost anything 
that has ever happened to me could have happened to me yesterday. Like, I found a note from when I was 12 or 10 or something, like a child, and I was like, I don't know exactly when it was from, but over 10 years ago, and it said, um, why are you like this? Why aren't you better? And I was like, I could have said that yesterday. <laughs> uh, or like, because I always have basically the same perspective, like even when I was a small child, I've basically always had the same perspective on things. And, you know, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to tell when I write a story down, um, whether it happened to me yesterday or whether it happened 10 years ago. Because I've always just sort of been like this. Which is another like homeschooling thing, like homeschool people, when you're a homeschooled kid, you mostly just talk to other adults, um, largely, uh, because there aren't usually like a ton of other homeschooled kids around for you to talk to. And even if there are, you might not get along with them. Um, because just because you're homeschooled doesn't mean you have any sort of interests that overlap. They can be really into trains, you can be really into dinosaurs, whatever. But adults, adults will talk to you about anything. And so when I was growing up, I would talk to adults mostly, like my mom's friends or my dad's friends or whatever. People would come over to the house with their kid. And so from a very young age, I, I, I've just talked like a grown-up person, like an adult person. And I don't know if my ideas ever changed, but... I don't think I'd ever disagree with myself about anything, uh, which is kind of weird to think about. Like I've been grown up for 20, no, 17 years, you know, <laughs> like I've been like a five-year-old Jake and 17-year-old Jake differ only in the amount of things that they know. They don't differ in, well, that's not true five-year-old Jake had just cut his hair I believe and was very concerned about people thinking he was gay or a girl uh, which I mean still kind of bugs me when people think I'm a girl but that only happens on the phone I almost joined a cult the other day did I tell you about that I thought it was very strange this guy um, started talking to me in the uh, cafe of a Barnes and Noble. He didn't order a coffee. He ordered a uh, iced water. And he came up to me and started talking to me about my bags. I had this like a uh, tote bag and my leather like purse thing. And he wanted to talk to me about it. And I was like, oh, that's cool talking about it. Yeah, I got this bag from a guy in Italy and I got this tote from a grocery store in Italy. So they're both from Italy, I guess. And he's like, oh, are they women's things? And I was like, looked at him, I was like, my guess. The tote bag's got flowers on it, but I thought they were really cool. It's my favorite tote bag. It's kind of, it's still doing okay, but I, I don't think it's gonna last forever. And And this guy who was talking to me, he had this, like this intense look in his eyes and you know I'm kind of a lonely guy so I recognized this this pleading like searching 
for humanity sort of look. You see it in three people, people who recently come out as gay, people who are homeschooled and then move to somewhere with a bunch of people because we don't really understand how to talk to people. And you see it in people who were raised like Mormon or one of these other cult-like religions and uh, have recently been freed from it or, uh, you know, they, they go to school or whatever. And all of a sudden they're talking to people who aren't Mormons. And, uh, you know, I thought he was hitting on me because he was super interested in talking to me. And I don't talk to anybody about anything. And he kept asking me these questions about uh, if I wanted, if I knew what I wanted to do with my life and if I was happy with where I was and whatever. And I'm in kind of a unique position because while I'm not exactly happy with where I am, I don't really want anything. I don't really need anything, you know. I'm I'm good. I have I have some money. I I have a place to live. I mean, I'm pretty good. Um but I think if I had been a little bit more desperate, his message would have really gotten through to me. Yeah, I was just talking to him. I was trying to figure out what his deal was. I think he probably recognized a uh, kindred intensity. And I didn't understand what he wanted. You know, it's like the cult eye, you know? It's like... That's kind of mean, but like people who go to college and being gay is all of a sudden an option, right? And they realize, oh my god, this is great. This is, you know, this is something about me that I've always been bothered by and now I don't have to worry about it and there's other gay people I can talk to and kiss on and, and all that sort of nice business. And freshmen yeah recent yeah freshmen who've recently come out have that same sort of uh intense look in their eye where they're just like you know it's like a whole new world has opened up that's what it is being presented with an entire new world that you didn't know existed and uh all of a sudden you have unfettered access to like the world of a bunch of freshmen at college or a world of a new city i suppose he wasn't. He he wanted something from me. And you can always tell when somebody wants something from you, but it's never clear to me what that thing is. Um, it's not always clear to me what those things are, you know? Like, I don't know if, you know, somebody wants to ask me to be in their movie or they want to ask me not to go get coffee. Like, I'm never sure what's going to happen until well after it does. I've been on, um, one, two, three, like four or five dates with people I knew who I thought was like, oh, let's just go get coffee or whatever. And, and, and then all of a sudden they're like looking at me real intense, you know? And I was like, huh, that's kind of strange. And then I would explain the scenario to one of my other friends and they'd be like, oh no, Jake, you just went on a date. And I'd be like, oh damn. Yeah, yes I did. You know, I can see the intensity, but I can't place it always. Uh, he kept talking about if I was dissatisfied in my life. I, I mean, I'm dissatisfied with 
everything. I'm, I'm not a very satisfied person, but right now life's going fine, you know? And he kept talking about, um, this, this thing where it seemed like he just, it's, he kind of described the process of buying a stock, but he didn't talk about, um, he didn't talk about like investment. He never used the word investment. I, I think it was a pyramid scheme because we had this nice conversation. Uh, I had this nice conversation with this guy with these very intense eyes and this sort of antagonistic body language. And he, and then we like parted ways a little bit and then I went to look at a magazine and he, on my way out, he, he came up to me and said, oh, are you interested in you know, being a part of this so-and-so thing. And I was like, oh, no, thank you. And he's like, okay. And yeah, I just, I don't know what he wanted from me. I really wish I'd said yes. Cause I think about it all the time. I think, oh man, I really wish I'd kind of, kind of wish I'd joined that cult. You know, I could have uh, found out what he's talking about. And another time, it always happens in stores. I'll walk up to somebody and start talking to them and they think I'm either hitting on them or trying to sell them something. And sometimes people are into it. A tip for people who can't get dates. Just walk up to people and start talking to them. They'll talk to you back. Um, sometimes they're into it, you know. Yeah, I don't really have a wrap-up point. I, I don't have, like, a point I was trying to get across. I just want to talk about a bunch of stuff. About moving. About this time I almost joined a cult. About uh, Twitter. About putting my music on iTunes, which is pretty cool. Like iTunes and Spotify. Uh, it's out. Anxious Robots, check it out. Uh, I don't really have a larger point. I have to go help move some more pretty soon here. I'm pretty excited because a lot of my stuff's been in a garage somewhere and so I can finally get it like my other microphones and uh, my books and things. Yeah, I got got kind of got kind of down at the end there. I lost my energy, but uh, yeah, my, my cold's coming in if you can hear it in my voice. Been learning a bunch of new scales on the piano. Constantly making music, which is pretty cool. Let's see. What's something else we could talk about? Creative fulfillment, right? Because uh, Save the Croissants has been my most consistent home for the last 10 years, I feel like I need to... I feel like I need to make stuff for it to earn my place there if that makes any sense I need to I don't know it's hard to feel for me it's hard to feel um, worthwhile if you're not finishing things um, I make a new song every like three days or something I make podcasts every week aside from this week which is gonna be a little late sorry um, I make videos all the time. I, I have two scripts in the pipeline, but I, I don't feel like I'm doing enough, if that makes any sense. Uh, I just feel like I'm, I don't know, shouting into the void a little bit. And I don't know what would create that satisfaction because I've done feature films and I've done short films and I've written most of a book and I've written something like four albums 
and I've done all of these things, but I don't feel satisfied, you know? I don't feel fulfilled. And I don't know what about me is keeping me from that feeling. I don't know what part of my soul or my being is keeping me from looking at something that I've done and not just saying, this is done, I can't do anything more to it, but saying, I'm proud of this, you know? <sighs> saying, this is a good thing, this is worthwhile, instead of just, this is what I made because otherwise I'd feel bad if I didn't make something, you know? I don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to create artistic fulfillment in my life. I, I don't know how to get where I need to be, where I'm proud of myself and the things that I make are, are good enough for, for me as opposed to just good enough to print, you know, or, or good enough to send or fine. I want to I want to look at the things that I make and be proud of them. And you know, I I've done things where I've spent months making something or I've done things where I've spent just a couple of minutes, you know. And there's no real uh, difference in the amount of satisfaction I feel inside myself. It's like I don't know, it's like it, it's, it's like I'd feel bad if I didn't make stuff. And so I make stuff just to feel normal and I want to feel fantastic. You know, I want to put out a video and look at it and say, not only is this cool, but also I feel great about it. You know, it's just exhausting. It's just exhausting to not have that sort of pride in your your work even though I make so much of it like I posted I posted a blog post with like 400 photos on it yesterday not 400 more, more like 200 but a lot and I have done daily vlogs where I've gone over 400 I did over a year straight of daily vlogging I've made a feature film I've made a short film that I wrote and storyboarded I'm I have two more short films that I'm working on right now. I, I have two books that I'm trying to get finished. Uh, well, one, I'm just trying to get started. But, I, you know, I have all this stuff. I have a podcast. You know, I have all of this stuff that I make. But none of it really fills me with the sort of, I don't know, satisfaction that I feel like it should. I feel like when I do something cool, I should feel happy about it instead of just feeling like this is fine. What's the next thing? Uh, I mean, the the cult guy had me had me pegged basically. Like I am dissatisfied, but I'm not dissatisfied in the amount of money that I make. I'm not dissatisfied in the amount of freedom that I have. I'm not dissatisfied in the sort of things that a cult or a pyramid scheme could offer me. I'm dissatisfied in 
myself with my own work that I gave myself to do like like it's like being in a terrible relationship it's like oh, I worked really hard on this what do you think that's fine all right cool like if you showed something you made to somebody that you spent a month on and then all of a sudden they just you know you showed somebody something that you spent a month on it and they just went cool and you really desperately cared about their opinion right you would kind of you know you kind of die inside but that's how i feel about my own work right like i am my dad said this the other day he says you stress yourself out too much you're your own worst critic it's not really what he sounds like but i had to make a dad voice and I was like, yeah, I know I'm my own worst critic. I'm not doing it on purpose. It's not fun to criticize myself so heavily for stuff that I think, honestly, I'm doing pretty good at, you know? I just don't know how to fix it. I just don't know how to find peace within myself through my creative work. <laughs> because I don't think there is any. I think that the nature of putting things online is constant dissatisfaction. I don't think it's the fault of Twitter. I don't think it's the fault of Tumblr. I think it's the just the nature of episodic content where you never feel finished or, or satisfied with the object that you've made. That's why I am only making 10 of these podcasts. I, I, I want to make a whole object doesn't mean I'll never get into podcasting again. It just means that after 10, you know, I'll, I'll do something else or, or I might keep going, you know, but I, I want to have something that has a beginning and an end. That's why, um, well, short film I'm trying to get finished. It's only five minutes long, but it's got an end to it. You know, people come and they go and whatever. And it's like, it's like a play. It's not, it's like five minutes long. It's not very big, but I, you know, I don't even know where to get started on that. I need people to be in it. I don't know how to find people being, cause there's no theater around here. I can go talk to. Um, anyway, that's not, that's beside the point. Things need to have an end, I think for them to be, uh, like, like satisfying to make so that, you know, when you're done as opposed to having this i don't know albatross around your neck of uh, a short story um a weekly short story series you started when you were 12 and then just stopped doing one day even though you didn't reach any sort of conclusion with the characters or a daily vlog series where you just stopped it one day you didn't like decide to end it uh, it just got too much and too overwhelming, so you just stopped. Or like, I don't know, a million other things, you know. I feel like if I'm going to find peace through my work, I should design things that are finite, right, as opposed to open-ended. Because then you can provide a satisfying conclusion, right? I guess it's good I'm thinking about conclusions here on episode 8 of 10, so I can uh, I can get through them. I don't know. Everything's very transient. 
you know, my whole, my whole life this week is very transient. It's about moving. It's about work that is unfinished. It's about not feeling good enough. You know, it's about the internet. Anyway, I hope that you find peace through your creative work. Uh, I'm still working on it. I don't have a, a declaration to bring down from on high, but that's what I'm doing. I hope that you, uh, when you end things, feel satisfied in what you've done and bring joy and peace to the world through your efforts and artistic progress. Uh, I just want you to know that I'm proud of you. This has been Constantly Moving Forward, a production of SaveTheCroissants.com. If you want to find out more about the show, check us out at ConstantlyMovingForward.net. All right. Until next week. I love you. I'm proud of you. And I'll talk to you next week. All right, bye. <laughs>